0: You may be seated. Well, welcome this evening to Grace Bible Church. Welcome again. It's uh, wonderful to hear the Young folks coming up and and spending time reading the Scriptures. It's, Amen. Amen. Well, this evening we have absolutely heard, without any doubt, the greatest story ever told. We have heard the account of Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. This miraculous account stands as the gateway... For whether you will believe the gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news that this baby, this baby whom we celebrate on Christmas, was fully God and fully man, and sent by the Father, not just as a baby, yes, as a baby as far as what we're celebrating this evening, but not just as a baby, but as a baby who would grow in strength and wisdom and stature with men, as has been read earlier, a baby who would live a perfect life, a baby who would ultimately go to the cross, a baby who would die for our sins. Your response to the truth of this story is an accurate gauge to how you will respond to the gospel of the Lord Jesus, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This evening, just going to take just a few minutes. I want to get us out of here. It's the, it's the curse of the preacher to always stand between, between a person and lunch, or and on Sundays, and, and between, uh, between a person and really sweet stuff in there that everybody I know is looking forward to. But I want to take a little bit of time this evening to focus on a few of the responses uh, we have heard in this account, which I would argue parallel our response to the gospel. First, we saw there is great shock at the report. Do you recall Mary's initial response to the angel Gabriel's salutation? She was what? Very perplexed. Put another way, she was shocked and astounded that she would be greeted by such a powerful angel. The angel had to reassure her not to be afraid. For she had found favor, remember that, found favor with God. Beloved Mary was a very godly woman, very godly young woman. She was, as we know, as we read in Luke, as we hear her words, we know that she was in, completely in tune with the ways of God. She lived in expectation of the Messiah, the Anointed One, yet she was shocked by the visit from the angel. Friends, it is highly doubtful that you or I will ever receive a visit, anything like the one from Gabriel. But many times, shock may be be our first response to the gospel. We We have things worked out in our lives, and someone comes along and presents the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, which cuts against the grain of everything we believe. That's against the grain of our lives. We hear that God is our Creator and that God is holy and that He's set apart from sin. We come to see that He cannot even look upon sin with favor. We find out that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. We discover that our good works, the good works that we may do, will never be good enough to make us right with a holy God. We learn that we have sinned against Him, therefore we face His wrath, that is, and judgment. Everything, then, everything that we believe, everything that we believe becomes undone. And shock may very well be your first response at hearing these things. I know it was for me. This leads us to the second response that we saw in the account. Enormous confusion at the repercussions. Enormous confusion at the repercussions. After hearing the news that she would be with child with the Holy Spirit, Mary went to the only person who might believe her in the whole world, her cousin Elizabeth, because she found out that Elizabeth had also been visited by an angel, and it also was also with child miraculously. Now Mary was in Nazareth, which when she was visited by Gabriel, and Elizabeth was in a town in the hill country of Judah. Many times we can read very quickly over such details without giving it much thought, but what we have to understand is is that Mary traveled over a hundred miles to go from Nazareth in the north to Judah, which is further to the south. During her days, that was a three- to four-day journey over rough country. Over difficult country, we don't know exactly how she made the trek, whether on foot by herself or with a caravan. We just don't know, but we know that she was courageous enough to make that trek. We can only imagine then the state of her mind as she made this trip. We can only imagine the the gambit of of human emotions as she endured, as she con- that she endured as she contemplated the repercussions of this news. We're thankful for the faith that she displayed in facing an uncertain future, at least uncertain from a human perspective, right? Just think, of, just think of Joseph, when he heard that Mary was with child, a child that was not his physical offspring. He struggled with what to do. From his perspective, the repercussions were far too great to even contemplate. What about your own response to the gospel? What about your response after that initial shock? If you're a believer here today, what about your response after the shock wore off? The repercussions, the implications of following Christ are great, right? And they reverberate throughout your entire life. If you truly know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you truly have, have chosen to follow Him... It affects everything in your world. Your family, your work, how you live, how you see the world. Nothing is left unaffected. Nothing. For the rest of your entire life, I remember when I first, before I first heard the gospel, I knew some things about God and Jesus, but I was afraid to speak about them. I was afraid because I had no con- conviction. But after I heard the gospel, I knew that I I couldn't live in hiding. I understood that I couldn't hide that lamp under a basket. I knew that believing the gospel would change absolutely everything. The news that Mary was pregnant with the Savior changed everything for Joseph and Mary. Friends, the news that the angel announced to the shepherds changes everything for all of those who hear it. Remember what he said, what the, what the angel told the shepherds? Today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Beloved, our sin separates us from our Maker. Our sin separates us from our, our, our Creator. You and I face judgment outside of God's intervention on our behalf. Had God let us go the direction that we were going, on the path that we're going, we would have faced His wrath forever. Yet God in His kindness has sent the Savior, His only begotten Son. As John the Apostle puts it in 1 John 2, 1, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he says this in verse 2, And he himself is the propitiation, satisfaction for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. This brings us to the third response. The third response that we saw in this account. Fantastic joy. Fantastic joy at the recognition. Fantastic joy at the recognition. This account of the shepherds provides an example of this response. What did they do after they were visited by Jesus? Or by, visited after they visited Jesus, that is, not by Him. By, they were visited by the angels, and then they went to see the child, Jesus. And what did they do? The Bible says that they went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. So everything that they had been told, they saw and they were overjoyed by it. They were glorifying and praising God because of what God had done. Beloved, overarching joy always comes over the heart of the person who recognizes the works of God for what they are. This includes the work of God in your heart. When you realize, when you fully come to realize what God has done for you, what you could have never done on your own, it brings overwhelming joy at that recognition. God has reconciled you to Himself through the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus. You see, He didn't come, as we said, He didn't come just to be a baby in the manger this time of year, we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the joy of the birth of the Savior. But His birth does not atone without His perfect life. His perfect life does not atone for sin without His death on the cross. His sin-atoning death means nothing without His conquering the grave and being raised and seated at the right hand of God in the heavens. You see, the Christian, the Christian finds great joy. Great joy at the recognition of all that Christ has accomplished in our redemption. This leads us, leads us to the fourth response, the fourth of five. So you guys have a... I'm, I'm getting there quickly. True obedience at the realization. True obedience at the realization. Joseph agonized over how to ha- handle Mary when he found out that she was with a child. But he did not struggle once he, once he heard the truth. In Matthew one twenty four, it says this, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. Beloved, as a Christian, you are not perfect. The Christian is not perfect but we will always generally do as God commands. To let that slip, let that sink into you. If you are a Christian, you do what God commands you to do. And because you love his truth, you love who he is. You love everything about him. The Christian life then, beloved, is a life of obedience. We obey when we realize that Christ is our Creator and Lord. That babe in the manger, that sweet babe laying in the manger, is no less the Creator than He is sitting on the throne in heaven. He is our Sovereign. He is our King. He is the true King and we trust Him, and we obey Him from the heart. That's what we do as Christians. There's an old hymn we sing. It goes like this, and I know you know it, most of you, I'm sure. It says, And tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know to know, Thus saith the Lord. But beloved friends, there's a fifth response. And it's with sadness that I even give this response. It's great sadness at the rejection. It's that fifth response, rejection. Beloved, not everyone will believe. You well know that. We saw an example of this in the account of Jesus' birth. Remember Herod? What did he do upon hearing of the birth of the child Jesus? He wanted to know where the child was. He said, he told the Magi that he wanted to worship him also. That was not true, was it? It wasn't true. He was scared that Jesus, the true king, would usurp his authority and his power. He would take, he would, that Jesus would take his place, rightful place on the throne, and would he, he would take Herod off of his throne. Ironically, history tells us that his power was actually delegated to him by the Roman Empire. So it wasn't even his power in the first place, but he had, Great comfort and satisfaction in ruling, even as a client king. You see, he didn't want to rule the throne to Jesus. So he murdered all the male children from two years and under. He utterly rejected Christ and was willing to murder to thwart Him. Beloved, sitting here tonight. I pray that you would have the first four responses, right? That you would respond to the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, in a way that glorifies Him, in a saving way. But some of you may reject Him, because you want to be king on your throne. You want to sit as king over your life. There's a poem that's that, that, that speaks of being the captain of our, my own destiny, the, the captain of my own soul, right? I want to I be who I am. I want to I be, be, have my own life in my own way. I'm not willing to yield to the Lord Jesus. I'm not willing to yield to who He is. Beloved, Christ came to be the true King. He took His rightful place on the throne. The question is whether you believe it. The question is whether you will believe His promises, His promise to save, His promise to to have you be with Him forever. Or will you reject it? Will you reject and out of a desire to be your own sovereign? Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The question is whether you'll do it now willingly or later. when it's too late. just want you to consider these things as we close tonight. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening. I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified by our time tonight. I'm thankful, Lord, that you, that we are able to be here and to hear your word read. I'm thankful for all the youth that participated. But Lord, I pray that we would have the right response. We would respond rightly to what has been presented tonight. That we would have joy in our hearts. That you are the sovereign. That you are, Lord Jesus, the true king. Father, may you rule forever and ever. Jesus, may you rule in our hearts, even today. In Christ's name.